welcome to Upstage Downstage with him, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And him, Stephen Reed, typically seated in the cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked, and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat, and and let's raise raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing White Christmas. We saw this production at Sheffield Crucible on the 5th of January 2024. Based on the Paramount Pictures film, White Christmas is a Sheffield Theatre's production of Irvin Berling's most famous Christmas film, directed by Paul Foster from the original stage production by Walter Bobby and written for the screen by Norman Krasner, Norman Panama and Melvin Frank. Music and lyrics by Irvin Berlin and book by David Ives and Paul Blake. So Richard, what's it all about? Former soldiers turned successful showbiz duo Bob and Phil are on the lookout for a new act. On meeting singing sisters Betty and Judy, they are immediately smitten. When the four wind up performing a gig together at a remote Vermont ski resort, they discover that the hotel is owned by the boys' old army commander. But the place is on the verge of bankruptcy thanks to an unseasonal lack of snow. Can the talented foursome transform the lodger's fortunes in time for Christmas? And will the snow start to fall? But first, our post-show opinion! The great way to tip-tap into Christmas. A wonderful Christmas production. So with all that said, let's set set the scene. So Richard, here we are again to record another edition of Upstage Downstage. So, we White are. Christmas. What have we got to say for it? Oh, we normally set the scene, don't we? Are we setting the scene or are we just going to ramble? Well, we can ramble. We can set the scene. I've still got a cold, so bear with. Oh, there's always some... So as we walked into the auditorium... Oh, stealing my scene. Go on. Yeah, no, you, no, your you, turn. No, I'm just prompting you because you're faffing about on you. I'm just getting the picture up. So the Crucible is a thrust stage, so basically the audience are all the way around the uh, the stage. And <laughs> they're in a square. It's more of a hexagonal, really. <coughs> so we're dotted around this stage. Yeah, and, and what we could see was basically a few items, household items, as in a, a sofa and a TV, a lampshade and a table and chairs, and then... At the back of the stage, there was a um, upright piano and uh, a fridge, which was quite oversized, really. It was a bit wide, bigger than a, a normal fridge at the time. And two, well, basically one balcony and then a staircase up to two doors that you could see from above um, above the stage, just to give some height. And it was clear that the, there was just two screens at the back that just that you could tell that um i think the band were up 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 state upstairs basically the same as when we saw miss saigon so um so the actual audience the the cast can actually enter in from underneath the underneath the uh the i'm sorry you're that? struggling here aren't you? i am will you help me <laughs> all right then okay so as you've said about the Fridge freezer. It was actually a false front of yes. the f- American huge fridge freezer, which was actually placed upon part of the a flat, so that allowed entrances and exits off stage and on stage. Yes, as it well. did. And above there was a tiny little balcony, which had no grand steps like the other side had, 
But it did have have some kind of steps coming it down. Had a wooden ladder, later. like yeah. a wooden laddery thing, didn't it? On on to to one side, both doors of at, at the top on either side were of the same design but different colours. They were quite um, fluorescent to begin with. Yeah. One was like a, a bright green, the other was a bright orange, and the whole opening scene was just that of um, purple lights, just yeah. to. Uh, Dull everything down as like a basic covering. Yeah, and it was obvious there was a a, a revolving stage within the floor because you could tell that obviously things would start moving at some point. But um, with this being a a thrust performance, as in it's it's within the audience, so they they would have moved the production round so everybody got to see it really so if you have stuck with us so far in this um, edition of the podcast and you're a bit confused as to what the heck we're talking about, there are pictures online. Yeah. Yeah, there will be. Maybe we'll get better at this description, Mark. We, we don't do bad. I think this one, know, this one, I suppose, I suppose really, setting the scene for this one, there's, there's, it all happens throughout the production rather than the initial view of what you see. Yes, so it, it starts building up. Now, at the very beginning, I remember this one, a little girl comes out of that fridge freezer. Um, as you do. As, I, mean, as <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I wish I, mean, I could use mine. I know, I mean, some days, I mean, it, it, it is rather warm, so it, it is it, nice to it's warm just in hop my in fridge the fridge than freezer. it is in the house. Yeah. So, yeah, she exited the fridge freezer, as per everyone, every little child would. Um, I think, did she have some food, or did she have a drink or something? I think she had a drink. She, she bought yeah. something. She walked along, she turned the TV on, unless that was already on, I can't remember now. But she then, turned the TV on. Yeah, she turned it on. That was positioned in the centre of the stage. And then she went and sat... Well, she lied down on the couch. Yes. And then she seemingly went to sleep as the TV started playing. And what we saw at the very back was uh, the screens parted, which then turned into like a fake TV screen, large scale. And we had these three actors um, play the um, army... Yeah, I can't think of the, the guy's name. It was Bob, um, Phil, and one of the other people. They're all basically in in the army camps or whatever. And they're singing White Christmas, I think, to begin with. Yeah. No, no, it was another song. It was another Christmas song they were singing. Yeah, it was, was it Happy it? Holiday. Happy Holidays. No, I'll be home for Christmas or something. No, not yet. Oh, yeah, maybe it was Happy Holiday. Yeah. Oh, well, it, it was, it no, was I'm sure it was the yeah. overture. It was something in there. It was basically setting the scene that they were on the home. They were they were out on the um, on the front. But that, of a, of yeah, a, but that's what the girl was watching. Yeah. So yeah. we saw it like in large scale time. Yeah, and then they had the, a couple of um, not the sisters, but then a couple of girls later on come in to perform some kind of commercial, which was all bright colours. Yeah, it was a, like a, a washing, bubbles, a washing, washing, it was washing up. Yeah, washing powder uh, commercial, just to just to give the elements of the. You actually watch TV and it's gone to a commercial break. Yeah. You know. And throughout the whole um, set, or I mean the show, the whole set um, evolved. You had a lot of things coming on. Later on, you had a train. Then there was um, a lot of tables and chairs and yeah. a grand piano, even more um, grand um, staircase came Yeah, out, there were staging pieces dancing. that actually... Um, filled up the area and the space that we that were talking about with, with your um, Las Vegas style um, lit up staircases and and things that 
that, that appeared from underneath it and around it, and yeah, so a each, grand piano as well. And yeah. you know, there was a lot of things that. So a lot of these things just come on throughout the production, yeah. and then even around the sides of the um, show was uh, a, a wooden structure which resembled the bomb, which came into play in Act Two. Yeah, that was hidden More underneath. So that that flew up. Um, but I suppose as well, you know, and I think the, just what I would say special mention to is really is the fact that the set all fit together and all perfectly lined up and it wasn't like something had been bought just to fill a gap. Everything felt designed for this production. So I think that was that was well done in, the, in that sense, really. Um, yeah, no, I think you're quite right there. Everything was... Um... <laughs> well utilised well yeah but they I think, space I think little well. things like the, the, the sofa just a small mention on the sofa um, it it might seem like a little thing but that split in two and became two chairs for the next scene did it? yeah because it split into two and then they put the um, the, the lamp between it and put the costume the, the rack of costumes and it became the other scene so so they didn't carry it off in oh, the yes, same way so right, yeah. so but you wouldn't have noticed that when you walk in, it just looked like a sofa with two cushions. That's right. So it joined together really well. Where when they split it, it just—I think that was everything on stage was there for a reason, and they didn't—they didn't overdo it in that way. So, mm. and uh, they also brought down a bench for like an outside seat, yeah. which was hanging up in the air as well. Yeah, along with at the very end, they turned this. Um, uh, platform that they danced on into some kind of like Christmas tree yep. effect with baubles on and everything. So or do like a good bauble. <coughs> Sorry, I coughed over that joke. Well, that meant you, to have been a you joke. coughed over the fact that I liked a good bauble. I coughed over your baubles. That's correct. Yes. <coughs> now moving on. Or should no? Should we stay for a little bit on the yeah. whole set? We can stay for a little bit. Yeah, because you. Want I don't to mean talk. like physically. I mean, like, I mean we're like, going to sit on we it. We can talk. We can talk yeah, we a can bit do. more on it. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to? Mentioned. Well, um, I suppose for me is the the simplicity of the uh, train scene, the uh, the riding in the carriage scene, the the way that was put together using the revolving stage. I thought was really good in the sense of it was just really a selection of trolleys, uh, like sort of seats on 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 dolly wheels that just got locked on to, into place but yeah they've got luggage them, racks yeah. on on them and they were it instantly you instantly knew what was happening yes. that they, there's, there's a traveling scene and it felt very authentic of the style of the era as well and i think that was the key thing as well and that. also when it went into that production number the way it was uh placed onto the stage with it being uh, a revolve it was a revolve within a revolve. Yes, it was. So when they had all four of those sections laid out, uh, uh, the revolves each uh, span different way round. Yes. So that could break up the carriages, and we could all see from each angle. Yeah, the audience members could see um, yeah. different sides going on, whilst still retaining the fact that they were all in a linear. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't detract from. It didn't detract from that. Yeah. No, it just broke it up, filled the space, and we saw this great um, dance number with that. Yeah. And then it all came back together to all line up, and then they all took them off. And I think it was a little thing with the luggage racks that instantly gave height to the to that that space where they were mm. putting things above, and it felt authentic, and. It and there wasn't not everybody got the same suitcase, not everybody got the same type of luggage, so 
it, it looked it looked mismatched in the right way, so you you felt natural rather than it. Being... But I'd also add there they could equally have done it without. Yes, of but course. This, this is clearly an example of where adding extra detail makes it a lot more memorable totally. and works a lot more effectively. Yeah, because, because you by just... having those um, luggage racks above, it does make it more. Like it does stand out. Yeah, especially when you've got a height on stage where you've got plenty of space to use. You don't yeah. have to. You're not. You're not short of. You're trying to create something from quite a blank stage area. You've got to create life, and that's well, you're the thing. Yeah, more space within a space. Yeah, and I think had it have just um, retained the seats alone. Yes. I think that would have been a bit monotonous because there was plenty of seats. Yeah, of course. Seatology going on within this production. Anyway. Yeah, and you either go over the top or you don't, and you can't really go halfway. And I think this was an example of. You know, you've got to just go for yeah. it to make the most yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, they could have gone even further. Yeah, they could. sides to the carriages. But yeah. again, if it's not adding anything to it and it's taking it away, you know, then yeah, they don't definitely. have it. And this is, you know, they didn't need that. No. And this that particular theme just worked perfectly. No, and I think, there's, you know, when I talked about the fact that they, they designed the set so it all slotted together and fit well... Things like the grand piano, even if it may yeah. may not have been a real I think grand that was piano, a, no, it was a half a grand piano. Yeah, I think. and I think it, even if it was created using an electric piano in there, without mm. it being a real grand piano, it looked luxurious and it looked right for the yeah. scene. It didn't, it didn't retract. It didn't look like they they they'd scrimped on that that set piece. Mm. You know, it gave the the same look. Um, even the upright piano. Yes, exactly. Um, I was wondering, is that an official? Is that a, a real one? Or a, I, I, I knew it had been doctored because the sound didn't sound like yes. it was coming from there. But then, equally, when they were playing the notes, I was watching the hand movements. I'm thinking, yeah. but they're hitting the, yeah, the yeah, right exactly. notes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I, I don't believe the sound's coming from no. there. It's been that, supported. Yeah. However, what I would say is, what they did for the uh, this upright piano, they doctored it so it could. Um, fold over to become a bureau. Yeah, which for, was brilliant at the hotel. So it doubled up. That's a, another example of a perfect uh, prop set item. Yes, which can be duplicated and used for so and many used for something yeah. else. A bit like the fridge freezer as well. Yeah, it, it, they didn't necessarily need a fridge freezer. No, but it's a good example of putting something there which could be used throughout to fetch exactly. and carry stuff, and also is a doorway. Yeah, to and exit instead of it just being a normal door. And also, if you look at the original film, where the um, when they go to the hotel, <coughs> the counter is that sort of size. It's not a big grand. We didn't have computers in those days. They didn't have big items to put on there. It was a small, quite. It was just. It was a. It was a. It was an area that people used to check people in. So it didn't have to be this mm. this massive reception desk. That you may see now in big hotels. This was a this was a, a lodge hotel in the middle of yeah. nowhere, and it, it worked really well. And it's similar to a similar style that I've seen used in *Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*, where they had a um, a street light come out of the actual the the upright piano. So it's a oh, very right. similar similar thing. So when they went to Narnia. A street light came out of the piano that they were using for the previous the piano. scene. Piano, piano, yeah, the piano, piano. Uh, Is that your piano? Key the you grand piano. Color pie. You different flavor um, pie. Right? Yeah, but yeah. So so it's it was a different use, but it is equally. It's got it, it. Just it just makes 
the set look confident that you haven't got to then lug something else off to bring something else on. It just flows. It makes the scene change look so much more to the point, you know, and it also means the cast can easily change that. If you're the person working behind the counter, there's no harm in you doing that change or, you know, it just makes that that look so much better. Improved. Yes. Yeah. Well, it means there's thought gone into the, the scene change process rather than curating a load of furniture for yeah. the time and place when actually some things can be used more than once to create that space, really. Agreed. And also the centre of it, when that opened up to be the tele, uh, the TV yeah. screen, there was another um, sort of screen above as well. Um, I don't know if that got used a lot, but it was, no. it was used once when... The men were up there dancing with their partners in yes. a later scene. Um, and then it did it all disappear for when they brought the grand piano out with the stairs. Yeah, it did. Because yeah, they yeah, had yeah. the steps going did, up yeah. to the top, didn't they? Yeah. So that got changed yeah, as it, well. Yeah. Um, um, I, think, I think there was one thing you talked about with this, the actual TV set where I... TV set or the screen. The actual, the big, the big oh, TV. The big, the big one. The big one. Um, you did comment on um, the actual, how much it protruded that uh, it just took, your your sight lines were actually reduced because they actually, it protruded too far out of the back of the stage. Oh, well, what, you, you mean it, when it we Where out. we were sitting. Yeah, you, we were you, sat around the sides. And, and, Obviously, because it's a, a, you know, this this production is for a lot of people to see from a side view. If that was just recessed a little bit further back, everybody would have seen the TV a bit more. I think they had to bring it out because of the side wings there with the the fridge and piano. They were already um, approaching, or whatever the word is, into the people the audience members of the side. Yeah, So they couldn't exactly. see anyway, but then with that screen coming out even further, so a lot more people could see, still they couldn't see from the sides as yeah. well. And then yeah. that's what you were... Yeah, that's what, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I thought that. I thought, we still can't see it as... as I mean, we can see it yeah. a little bit better, but the people further... Yeah, where we were sat, we'd got yeah. enough, but the, any further, and you'd have just, you know... Yeah. See nothing. Which made me wonder why they did it in in that way. Why couldn't they have just had a flat wall? Yeah. And then yeah, or really seen or bring from above what looked like a screen that was just a thin perimeter of the TV, so you could see behind the TV. Mm. So if you were on the side, yes, you wouldn't have seen it through the TV, but you would have seen the people. Yeah. You know, maybe that could have could have worked as well. Yeah, or they could have pre-recorded it with projections. They could have, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But anyway, we digress into something fantasal. Fantasal? Or it could have even been above. That may have worked as well. No. As in the TV screen could have been on the higher level. Oh. Maybe. Up there. Yeah. But then that wouldn't have Ah, but then you've got the balcony as well, casting shadow there. Anyway. Anyway, moving on now. So let's talk about the um, the direction, shall we? The direction and the writing. Yep. Oh. <laughs> we always do this. Whenever we move on, it's like... Um, shall we? Have you seen the film recently? Yeah. yeah, I have. Recently? 
Yeah. Okay. I've recently seen the Holiday Inn. Yes. So we could probably compare. Yeah, that's yeah. Either, that's as, either, either as well. I can't speak properly. It's all right, It's interesting because I'm I'm just um, watching it now. No, I was just <laughs> reading. I was just reading who 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 it was written by, and it looks like they've the writing of this pretty much stuck to the original film production. Yeah. What did you make of the film? I think it's pretty linear in its storyline. It's there's not you know it's not groundbreaking. No, it's very much a copy of the Holiday Inn with different people. <laughs> and that's the same kind of thing. Yeah. I think yeah. this this sort of centers around one song that's been made famous and probably known by pretty much everybody. You know, it's it's one of those staple Christmas songs now. Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, why Christmas starred in uh, Holiday Inn um first time round and that was again about them finishing the you know, people in the war. Yeah. Um you know, being entertainers. Being entertainers, one yeah. person, you know, splitting up the double act, one of them going to take on a hotel. A bit like the virulin of this country. One, yeah, that, and the yeah. other one wanting to go off and um, seek stardom, and then there's, like, girls involved and so on and so forth. And then the the place that they're looking after is running into trouble, financial trouble, and they need to bring back as other people in to this It's almost very much the same, then. Mm, pretty Funny much. Funny that. And you think... I think the White Christmas has more of a military stance to it. Yeah. That that one than the Holiday Inn did, if I can recall. I don't Yeah, I think there was more focus at the start of this film as more of a um showing those out on the front and yeah. and yeah. you know, the struggles and the fact that this was the contrast between the two almost. Now I don't think we should be here to necessarily pick apart the script of uh, no, the, the the production because it's it's a family favorite. Well, it's, it's, a, an it's a favorite for family, for um, the Christmas period. Yep. But what did you make of the direction of this piece? Because I thought it was really well directed. I thought the uh, um, not just the acting um, segments within it, but the musical numbers were choreographed exceptionally well yeah completely um i think the the pace of the production was had been worked on so much because there wasn't really any drop in in time you you felt like you felt like it was moving scene to scene really well everybody was directed in such a way that everybody took part in getting ready for the next scene or moving stuff off. If somebody walked off stage, they walked off with a handful of something yeah. to for then the next people to be ready to do their next scene. There was no... What's this? Were you not you well, go I'm around your head? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm just on a, I'm a helicopter. Um, <laughs> no, don't say that on podcast. They'll get the wrong impression of what you're swinging around. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> you're swinging his head around. That's a different I mean, type of podcast. <laughs> and surely you'd want to see it. Um, Dear me. Yeah, so for me, it was more the. It was directed in such a way that you, the focus was always you, there was a lot happening all at once, and you you had to. Which works for this type of show. I mean, I well, it's a big to, stage, so you got to fill it. I I think. And yeah, and I mean, not, not all the time, but with an ensemble piece. Yeah, exactly, and but not just that. I think one of the things of these classic films and movies of this era. Um, is we draw reference to it, but also 
a lot of these films and movies were written and made almost like theatre productions in those days. Mm. You know, everything was set on a set, but everything almost drew focus in the same way you would in a in a theatre production. You know, they, 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 the line crossed a lot. They, they, didn't, they didn't expand the world outside of a soundstage, so everything was, was generally in the same place at all times. So, you know, they used... They utilised a lot of these scenes within the same set a lot of the time, you know. So, whereas in the, and these were big Broadway musicals, but they made. Are you on about the recording of the film itself? Yeah. The I'm film? just talking, it's yeah, a lot of it draws when... from theatre in those mm. days. A lot of the sets were made in the same way that you'd make a set for a stage. Well, they recorded any outdoor scenes that they did need inside, yeah. in, inside the lot. Yeah, but yeah. but it was what I mean is as well the oh. they they a lot of it was in a similar the, like the production we saw was it took a nod from that where scenery and set was built perfectly for it and everything worked you know and I think that nod to that era matters if you bill a production that it's based upon a Paramount Pictures film mm. if you write it in the program you've got to know that you're nodding to that rather than taking away from that. Ah, is it a nod to that way of doing it? Or is it just producing the play in a classical manner in which Maybe, Parrot yeah. did it as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what i like to pick up on is when you said about them utilising the whole stage yeah. and you saw everything cracking off, um, one indicative scene... Uh, springs to mind and that's the bit where they're in the pub or the the club when, yeah um, i think they're about to do the, the cd sisters. club the one that's not as yes and you had um someone playing the piano the upright piano yeah you had a, a somebody taking a drinks order you had a couple of people yeah sat around you had the, had the ladies coming in checking the handbags yeah. and putting a little bit of makeup on or doing a bit of a dance yeah and you had a lot of things happening on set so whilst um uh, Phil and Bob were talking, and then the two sisters were talking. Yeah. Judy and what's the face were talking on the f- the top side yeah, of yeah, the yeah. stage, um, and others coming on and yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. You had conversations going on. So one person was selling ice cream or popcorn yeah. or something. I can't remember what was he was selling, but he was selling something to a, a lady on the other side. And then you had someone taking the drinks order, making the drinks. Um, someone playing the piano and then you even had like a little bit of a band section behind yeah. that you know the brass um, playing that and talking about different things and you could hear them like just having whispered conversations not just yeah. going rhubarb 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 yeah exactly actually having conversations and it also felt you could feel the characterization of all those other people you didn't feel like it was just the ensemble sitting there you felt like you'd got the different people in a in a bar but also, you know, yeah, you got, may- you got the like one with the, maybe a cigar in hand and one that just likes to sit in there and watch and drink a cocktail. Or, you know, you didn't feel like everybody was just sat there just to fill a space. No, but it made it an immersive piece of mm, theatre because yeah. you were in the middle of everything. Yeah. Um, like 3D esque. Yeah. It made it, you look round the stage rather than. Yeah, one you thing. didn't necessarily have to pay attention to what they were, the, the people at the front were doing. Yeah, exactly. Even though that was the main narrative. Yeah. You know, you could switch it felt, off and. It felt and deeper. Up. It felt like there's a depth. Yeah, to the... you, you could um, narrow in the zone as to, well, I'll focus on those people, what they're yeah. doing over there and just see what they're yeah. doing and, 
So which I did a lot of. And, and it felt like a, a smoky bar. It felt like that sort of jazz bar. It gave you that feeling that you, you'd gone into that space. Yes, absolutely. And um, even down to the tap dancing number, um, there was a lot of that going on. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean like the whole ensemble. Yeah, there's 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 a few tap bits, weren't there? There was a lot of tap bits yeah, going was. on, especially the the um, the special scene where I think Phil's on top of the piano doing yes. that, and that was a bit precarious. Yeah, jumping on and off that with um, shoes that could potentially slip. Oh, I, I was very uh, I was very worried for that actor. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was, yeah. I hope Thinking it was of a, all I, the worst case scenarios I, that could happen. I hope the top the was a matte finish rather than shiny finish. You know? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you've gone there, haven't you? You stooped to conquer, I did, haven't yeah. you? Of course, of course. Now, is there anything else we need to talk about in terms of the direction, or do we pick any more scenes to bits? Because we've already discussed the train scene, which is quite good. Yeah, um, I don't think there's anything other. Than, I mean. I would say I think the the musical numbers were directed well as well because it's not just about the acting. It was actually going from getting the choreography right as well as making it feel like it's part of the production. Mm. It's very difficult to meld it all together um, and create a performance that feels seem Because it did feel seamless from one scene to another in the sense of it wasn't like, and now we're going to do a tap scene or, and now we're going to sing a song. It just felt yeah. like it blended from one thing to another without, without you didn't really see the lines. You didn't see the stops and starts and, and those no. things, you know, when it came to costume changes or things like that. And also, when you're doing tap scenes, if you're not careful, you can start hearing the taps everywhere when people are standing off stage or waiting to go on and, mm. and and all those things matter as well because the distractions you don't need. But there was none of that in this. The tap scenes happened and it was like they did come out of nowhere. Yeah. Which is was the right way to do it rather than the wrong way. Well you didn't you didn't need you, you did for me, if you know people are waiting or wandering around and you can hear it because if you're doing a tap scene you're gonna have noise somewhere. It it just I, f- I think they they directed it in a good way for those scenes as well. There wasn't, you know. Maybe the taps were pre-dubbed. Yeah, Maybe they well, didn't have taps. I've seen that before. It was all, um... I've seen it done. Oh. But it's when you watch the feet and see whether their feet match the dubbing, and I've seen yeah. things like that where you're watching <laughs> the feet going. Well, those feet are moving, but they're not tapping at the right time. Oh. So I have seen it done. So, um, but yeah, what I'd always say is watch their feet. And see if it matches, because <laughs> uh, that's a giveaway. So yes. uh, they'll have them out of tapless shoes, but you know, there's probably somebody at the back with some coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> what for the horses? Yeah, they, that's, they're, they they're in da- it as well. Tap dancing horses. Yeah, they're in it as well. Yeah. Oh, are they? <laughs> Watch the people at the back with the. Coconuts. Or what they sometimes do is they only have so many people that are confident in tapping with taps on their shoes, and the others don't. That's what, happened before. Taps. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want the boiling one, it hurt. <laughs> What's it got to boil? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, we're going into the realms of um, silly now. I know. Right. It's a bit corny. Oh, vile. Right then. I think we're, I think we've, we're done here. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to our next segment, as we say we're here, here for, for the, the drama. drama. 
Richard, there's quite a lot of people we need to um, address here with the acting because I thought it was a splendid Undress cast. or ad- address? There's quite a few I know you'd like to undress. Well, there is you two, but you know. You two? I don't think Bono was in the <laughs> production. Bono, yeah. No, Bono wasn't there. No. So our, our stars of the show were George Blagden as Bob. Yes. We had... Let me just turn the page. We had Stuart Neal as Phil. Yeah. We had Natasha Mould as Judy. We did. And Grace Moat. Grace Moat as Betty. With Sandra Marvin as Martha. Yeah. Who played the innkeeper, receptionist. And we also had the sergeant, um, Ewan Cummings as General Waverley, alongside... Dot, dot, dot. We had Craig Armstrong as Ezekiel. And Charlie Booker played a couple of roles, but he was quite pinnacle in some of them. Yes. And I would say, Charlie Booker, my first shout-out would be to him for stealing the blooming show all the time with his um, very stressed-out stage manager when it comes to organising the production. In the second half, in and the also a quick change artist, exactly because the amount of times he ran off stage and came back in as the as as his mic character yeah. was just phenomenal. I don't know how that moustache stayed up. Uh, he's, fra- honestly, frailing. He must have thing. had a, a row of moustaches waiting off stage to put him on just in case he lost one. Or well, exactly, yeah. But yeah, honestly, he was he was so in character and. One minute you realised actually he's in the ensemble dancing, and the next yeah. minute he's walking out of another entrance. It took me a while to that, think what. It took me a while to think, am I seeing double? Is yeah. this actual? Is are this the twins? same person? Or are we here? got twins? Or have we got yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. But no, no, no I, brilliant. I, I quite liked him a lot. But he captivated when he came in as his as his as stage, stage manager. My stage manager. He just. You knew he was on stage. A very good character was, actor there. Yeah, he was straight away. Um, complete. Two different um, characters. Definitely. Both believable, both yeah. strong, yeah. And, and both. Even, even though the ensemble one, he was doing various characters there, it was more of the stage manager that you wanted to see more of. Yes. Because of his sort of like... Yeah. Um, I think every yeah, time he came on stage, thing. you were like, oh, here we go again. And it was but like... It was just it, brought it, the humour. It, it just brought the humour. He, at the moments where you needed that, like, chaos, he brought it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't overtly camp, but no. it, was quite, it was quite camp enough in those days yes. for you to know what side of the fence he's sitting on. But well, <laughs> at I think, the I same think time, for it to be quite, um, um, not enduring, but what's that? Um, his mission was to make sure that the production went ahead throughout the whole production and you just saw his stress levels go up, down, left, right, everywhere. And that, yeah, like you say, that level of campness that it was part of his character, but he he was also on a mission all the time, you know. Like Gabriella Chilmy, on a mission. Endearing, that's it. Well, you've recorded it now, you've got endearing somewhere. You just put, shove it in somewhere. Yeah, I thought he was very endearing as a character. Very lovable. We also have, which I've said before, George playing Bob. He was very much... Yeah, I could actually believe him as being the Big and Crosby yeah, in definitely. the role. He looked of the, the sort 
um, very much like my granddad in a way, like just in a suit, very tidy, very smart. It, he got a timeless fifties look mm. in his aesthetic. You know how he how he yeah. held himself. It yeah. felt he felt of the period. You know, I think that was. Yeah, and then Stuart uh, as Phil, he was what the, which would 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 be the Danny Kay character. He was um, sort of. His character was all over the place anyway, very energetic and very... He, he, the kind of clothes he wore was slightly more... Um, it was a little bit more than um, normal. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, it wasn't classic, but casual classic. Yeah, it's casual classic. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely 50s. It was cardigans, it was shirts, it was, you know, yeah. tra- it was khaki and... Khakis? Khakis, yeah. <laughs> no, there was a lot of creams and khakis and, and sort of, <laughs> of creams. creams and khakis. <laughs> Coffees and creams. But anyway, it was um <coughs> it was good. Um we have the two females. Yeah. We have Judy and Grace. Betty. Oh Grace. Well, no yeah. Betty. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yes. Judy and Betty. Sure. So we've got Natasha as Judy, Grace as Betty, and they work really well together. Yeah, they work really well and else. they could yeah, you could tell they'd worked together a lot on this to make sure because vocally everything was was on point in in the way I felt like the the actual numbers they were. Yeah, you weren't wrong there. I felt it as well. <laughs> Go on, carry on. Yeah, as then I think the you know we've not really talked about the songs too much, but um, not yet. But they they all they all performed them with all their abilities. You did, and, and I felt mean I vocal felt, abilities. Yeah, vocal abilities. I do. But I do think as well that the, the the four main characters did work well as a team as well, as well, as well, as well, as well. I think I said something at the time where whilst they were all equally good and very yeah. strong performances, it felt like, for me, it needed to have been cast where those four were a bit more well-known. I yeah. think, or something to a bit more charismatic yeah, and actors in there, rather than it being those that we don't necessarily know of. That's yeah, probably I'm, controversial. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, I, I'm going to come onto it with with the the costume later, and I'll talk a bit more about my thoughts on how that would improve things a little bit. But yeah, um, I mean, I I want to stand out for me. Sandra Marvin was was brilliant as Martha. Like, oh, I um, thought you, I thought you were going to talk, say um, something about what I said about the charismatic um, actors. I thought you were going to add on to that. What am I adding on to that? I don't know the way you were talking. It was like you were drifting off to add on to that, but then you did. You went something completely different. I just turned the door somewhere else, like <laughs> turning that off. <laughs> so, do you do you think had the four ladies been a bit more well known? Well, four ladies. I mean, the, the four, <laughs> do you think the, the main forecast would have, if they'd have been a little bit more well known, would have been a bit more enticing? Maybe it's down to direction, but because for me, if you're going to command a performance, I've seen I've seen Grace Moat command a performance because I've seen her in uh, British Bake Off the Musical and I've seen her in Anne Juliet, so. I know she she's capable of being that commanding. Ah, but I'm not on about it being capable because they all were. No, because this is built as 
Irving Berlin's Why Christmas? Is this why they've not gone for any stars? That's what I'm thinking. You, you know, know what I mean? Like, me, like, it, like the, like the Fantasia Ducey. Yeah. They've not know. gone for names in the sense of celebrities because mm. I think they're trying to create the Paramount Pictures aesthetic of it being... But they characters. had names. Danny Kaye, yeah, well, they did. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They did, but we haven't really got names that maybe would come to Sheffield or would, when they're already performing in West End shows that are on in at Christmas at this point in time. You know, you Ruthie Henshaws of, of the world. And, I think we've got... I think we've got more well-known actors in the UK that, that are not just in London. No, but what I'm saying is, it depends what type of actors you mean. Are you talking stage performers or are you talking yeah. people that have been in TV more? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying, but obviously for them to be well-known, there'd be TV actors as well. Not always. To be well-known? Well, yeah. With, but with the general audience... Because the general audience isn't going to be going to London to see these kind of shows that you're talking about. No, but on in even in the productions that are touring, have got people that are, are famous for being okay. Say like Cl- oh no, Cluedo. When yeah. we went to see that, it had Michelle Collins and Thinger Bob as Professor Plum, right? Yeah, right. Now I said on that one, I was going to say if she was in this, then no, no, was... but, but would it have imp- would it have affected this production? Had it had. I think it's. Do you know what I mean? Stars. I think it would have disappointed us because we'd have expected much more. Would we? Yeah, because we'd expect them to be. The problem is. What are those that have been on Dancing on Ice and can act and then now can dance and sing? You know? Are we putting an ice rink in this production then? No, but it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be that. But, you know, if if they can. No, I get that. I mean, personally, I, I, I. disagree i think it needs to be western i need not western i think it needs to be stage performers in this production rather than actual celebrities because i think that's the difference you know my version my view on some of the the, you know well-known performers have probably never been on tv can't act i'm just not saying that i'm saying that the this type of production requires people who are musical performers that have actually done seven shows a week yeah, five weeks in a row to actually pull it off to actually make it work and have the vocal ability or vocal strength, shall we say, to to do musicals, which is not something. You, you, the problem is, you might end up watching the understudies more because you've got a celebrity involved because they cry off after halfway through a production. You know, so that's that's just me. I just thought I'd put it out there. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's worthwhile. Right then, um, some others to um, shout out. So Sandra Marvin played Martha and she had an amazing singing voice when she started singing. Um, oh, God, what songs did she sing? Let Me Sing I'm Happy. Was that the one? Uh, yeah, Let Me Sing I'm Happy because yes, the little girl. Which, yeah, yeah, it was. Because um, a little girl, I think it was, was Ava Rothwell we saw with Susan. She came on and she gave another wonderful performance and she re-sang that one. I mean, for me, the whole ensemble, the, the, you know, acting-wise, the whole production was well put together and I don't think there was any bad links within the, you know, within the performance. I don't know if... One of the things we noticed when we were in the interval was the uh, we, we discussed the train travelling scene and that even though it was really good, 
there was a few moments where it was a little chaotic where the four core members of the of the scene, the actual the main you know, cast, the main cast were all over the place. As in, they were seated distant from each other. Whereas actually yeah, in the film, in. whereas actually in the film, they face each other. Yeah, they create a winter scene with the things on their table mm. and. Yes, it was good that they they included more cast around them, but it didn't feel like they were the core of that piece. No. It but felt more like an ensemble piece and they were just people within the ensemble rather than it separating Yeah, which is them. a good point because that's how I felt of, of, of the train thing. Yeah. That's what I said to you about why were they not facing each other. But then this takes me back again to them not casting probably celebrities as a four because then you'd you'd notice them for more because now we're watching Irving Berlin's White Christmas with a bunch of a load of ensembles. But really, for me, we? this is where I'm going to talk costume in the next bit where I think that the costume was wrong because I think there were there was less focus on the aesthetics of each piece that set them apart from everybody else. And that comes down to staging as well. If you spend time actually making sure they feel separate to the rest of the production, then they start standing out as the leading roles, which in the film it does that. The set and the staging of it always draws focus to the actual four main characters. Okay, and now when do you want to speak about that? I'll do it now if you want. (laughs) Okay, so let me just say, like, I thought all the ensemble cast were excellent in their their roles. Yeah, they, well, they, this was it was a brilliant performance. Everyone gave really their was. all. Yeah, um, I, I'm just questioning uh, just the four leads in terms of having more well known people for them to have stood out because I do feel this was more like an ensemble cast, even with those who did those particular roles. Now, moving on to the costume. Really? Would you like to say all that again? Yes. <coughs> no, I think the... Um, what do we know? No, I'm not <laughs> going to. I think overall, the... They weren't my, my, Well, you know, in some ways there could have been and then the others could have been a different. Um, anyway, um, I think the aesthetics of the production could have been elevated to improve the production to a better level really because that's the only thing that sort of grated on me a little bit is that everything was almost pastel shades for the whole production and and it was hard to make out the core four members of the cast really um in the original film there is a definite distinction between your four characters that are main the main characters and then the ensemble around them they they paint every scene paints a picture in the film this felt almost like they were blended in to the the whole picture. So it was more like looking at a landscape than actually a portrait of those people. And I think yep. that was that that then doesn't encourage you your eyes to look at the core members of the cast. You look at you do, in a way you don't know what to look at because you can't distinguish between that. And and even if it's down to like the bags they have or the things they have if there's mm. striking colors or sharp colors because in you know in in some of the scenes in the film there was 
um, there were scenes where the four main characters were all in black and red and everybody else was in purples and greens. And it's just a simple palette thing where if they'd have focused more on that, you would have drawn focus on how much more important these people are against the ensemble. And I think that was... I felt like the glamour was turned down a little bit on on the people that mattered, in a way. You know, I think the the finale of the production just felt flat because everything was in this 50s hue of of sort of of pastel but the four main characters came out in all what can only be described as as dinner dinner dresses and and dinner suits rather than the the really bright striking red and and white ruffled santa style costumes that you see in the film it just sort of almost just fell down at that point for me it didn't feel finale-esque like you'd see in the in the films or grand stage productions it felt just a little bit lower and I, I know you know and I'm not saying they needed to redo every costume they've got but there's there's access to so many of these costumes out there that you can get things without having to make them you know it's just I just felt that that would have then lifted the cast and your core four members of the the characters to actually separate from everybody else. Because it's like when the general comes out in full regalia, you know he's the general (laughs) because he stands out from everybody else because his costuming looks different to everybody else. And I think that's what was missing. Do you think that maybe they didn't want the four core to stand out because, again, this was an ensemble piece? Maybe so. But if you bill it as taking reference from the Paramount film, then you're setting yourself up for criticism in that way. Because if you if you if you're listing everything of the original film, however, it, however, okay, so this production was quite colourful. I must agree with on some yeah. things. Let me just set the mm. scene here. The whole production was quite colourful, but not necessarily full in terms of the the costume. No. But the costumes were, were colourful within yeah, yeah, yeah. themselves, right? Now, if you think the Hollywood Holiday Inn, black and white, white Christmas, we went to colour, yeah, filming in colour. Now they were playing around with the the colour to make it pop and make them shine out there, yeah, right. Have did they record that so it was more colourful for if it was to be advert- uh, shown in black and white back in the day for those who hadn't got colour. Mind you, no, it's actually you know. the, one of the first films that was done in colour, um, professionally, um, as in a a film that was done that could be shown in many theatres. Well, the actual, the original White Christmas. Yeah, that's was what I'm done. saying. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not saying that it was done in black and white. No, no, no I'm just saying it was one of the ones that started in. Well, it started yeah. in black and white, as in the film itself started in black and white and turned into colour as a as one of the first ones that was commercially available across. Yeah. Yeah, but that's but they copied that within this yeah. show because the very first scene in uh, the men behind the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. TV was black and white hmm. as well. Yeah. Okay. So, what did you think of the very ending when the when they came down, the ladies came down in those giant ball gowns? Because I felt that was a that wasn't in fitting. That was more sort of like Cinderella esque, Panto esque. It was, it just, and it, it just seemed a bit odd, like like we were watching something 
something that predated 1940s, 50s. And I think this is where I'm going with the points I'm making, that it also felt more like a commercial scene that was done for, like, the the, the, the right when the start, when we had the commercial scene where they came down in almost drag costumes, mm. that, for me, that those ball gowns detracted from the main forecast. It yeah. felt... Like they upstaged them more than the actual. If they'd have come down in something was that was more fifties inspired rather than Cinderella inspired, yeah, 50s it would have. It would have. They could, still could have been full skirts. They still could have been, you know, similar well, in they design. They had proper but, corset on. This is something out of the seventeen hundreds. Yeah, it, it didn't you know I mean? feel right yeah. for you know. I mean, maybe they were trying to look like baubles, but it it, it felt more disjointed. They were wearing Regency gowns at the end of the day. And, and I think then when you've was. got the main four members of the cast wearing dinner dresses and suits, that's why it just felt disconnected. That It was like, this is meant to be a filmed production. The whole point of this final scene is this is the televised bit that's going out from this this hotel to the rest of the country as, mm. a, as White Christmas. This is the iconic scene that everybody sees. And I thought it just... It just dropped, I think, at the end. It was almost like we've yeah. seen this view of like some, like say, Edwardian ball gowns, and it just didn't. But that there's no reference to that in those in the yeah, 50s. But even really. the hair, mind you, that's not hair. That's got like shower caps. Well, on. they look like shower caps, yeah. Or were they? Yeah, shower caps on it, but it 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 did just look something from like a. a Georgette Hare Regency novel, yeah. to be fair. It did, almost like Madonna's, like, you know, Vogue. Madonna. When well. Madonna did Vogue and she was all Edwardian, it looked like, it, it just looked... I mean, fine if they were going to record it for, for going out. However, like, in the original film, like you've mentioned, they're all wearing red and white, like yeah. Christmas and Santa and stuff like that, and... That's probably how they should have ended it there with the four of them dressed up like that yeah. to mirror image the ending of the film as well. And then those four would have stood out against these great big baubles exactly. floating around yeah. the stage. And I think it's, you know, for me, it's because it, cause it's also the... Well, um, just upstage them, really. It's also the sisters scene when they do when they do sisters. They didn't wear... They wore... Um, a 50s gym kit that was made out of lace mm. rather than a full ankle length skirt as in the original film and a lot of other intonations of doing this that reference the whole fan scene and you know people in the 50s didn't show as much flesh as they did and it felt more like that was a maybe a CD nightclub than actually they were in they were in a jazz performance bar and i think mm. that was the you know, and I think those those references almost matter when you're trying to portray a certain era, and an, mm. an, 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 an and a nod to an original film. And it's then these things aren't. We're not talking costume ideas that are completely unavailable now, and they're not unachievable. And I think you know, like you say, that I, I I do think it was a little bit let down at the end when it you're ending mm. with something that feels a lot less iconic 
and and it's all right to rework things and it's all right to do things in a different style because what we've seen is a production that was reworked really well on stage. Mm. It was really worked, you know, the cast and the crew did a lot and made it look really good. It's just that this would have elevated it to the next level, I feel. See, I didn't mind um, the girls wearing what they wore for that sister thing. That didn't particularly bother me. And I think all the costumes I thought was okay. It's just the ending bothered me with these great big dresses that they were wearing and the fact that they overshadowed the four leads at the, well, the, leads at the front. It's really. almost like the four got in the way mm. because the skirts are that big. The four, the four at the front actually were almost in the way. And the male yeah. ensemble, they wore uh, just a simple white penguin suit in a yeah. way. And they were doing the tap dancing, so they looked all nice and um, silver they, and gold. Yeah, exactly. They they, looked, you know, nice and tidy. And so the other, you know, the the the, the leads, yeah. the, the lead ensembles, yeah, were neither here nor there. To be fair, and actually, they didn't, they didn't even really wear anything overly matching. So it felt a little. <laughs> it didn't feel. Did they have their? Uh, I think the the may the men had their. Um, uh, Uniform on, didn't they? Yeah. Did they? Um, I can't really scroll over to see. Yeah. And I think for me, it's the fact that the the dresses stand out. The, the you know the the almost Edwardian big hoop dresses mm. stand out more than the actual main cast. Mm. Agreed. I thought there was um, a double act of Definitely. girls, which were I think we think it was Emma Johnson and Demir Lindsay Walker. I think it was them too, but it could have been Lucy Young. Yeah. Not quite sure because of the cast list doesn't really say who played what for the ensemble. But um, there were two girls who were the um, advertisement actors at the very beginning, washing, uh, um, selling the shampoo via the acting in the advert. And they were also part of the whole crew because... They were both after Bob and Phil, yeah. At the same time, whilst um, the two female leads were um, wanting something more long term, but they were more like the good time girls in a way. Yeah. But each time they were on set, they sort of stole the scene as well because they were quite um, free loving. Very, yeah. the energy was quite high. Very fun. And um, quirky, and they had their own little like bit of a banter, yeah, and put downs and things like that, which and they very much attention, yeah, and they very much turned it on every time they appeared as those and not in the ensemble. So yeah, they, they, so they you stood know, out. They, they stood out really well. Um, there was a presence; you could tell they were on stage. Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah. Moving on to our next segment, as we say, what the tech is this? I mean. Technically wise, the uh, the revolves work really well. Um, as in, it's very difficult sometimes to not focus as much on those revolves and make sure they stop where they need to, make sure they line up, make sure all the things happen where they should. I mean, it was lit well. I mean, there, there was nothing majorly technical in the sense of anything outstanding. I mean, it was all, but it all it was all orchestrated well. So. So let's just talk about what kind of technical things they had. They had the revolve, so there was yeah. two revolves there. They had um, the cables that came down from the rafters, which 
picked up the Christmas tree right at the end. Yeah. There's also two cables that came down with a bench on. Yeah, they also... And they um, had two cables that brought the barn doors... The barn the barn no, frame. The barn, door, the, the barn frame up from the the edging of the I mean, stage. there was a moment with the uh, bench that came down. I did think it started to swing quite a lot. And I was like... Yeah, you it was, saw the it, it started, steady it. It's tried to steady yeah. it a few times. But, but then that's, that's the only issue with dropping something from such a high height that you've got to... The rope is quite a long distance, so you you know swing like that would do that. Mm. Um, I think it was clever use. There was there was no overuse of of things like dropping scenery in and things like that. That worked really well, you know to to bring to bring the uh, the the ceiling down a little bit, so you you focus on the production yeah. at the bottom. And in terms of the lighting, I I felt they used a lot of uh, stage lighting. Yeah, especially for the. The steps that came out for the tap dancing yes. scene yeah. on there. You also had um, the lighting coming out of the fridge. Yes, you did. When that was opened, the the whole aspect with the TV, the candles and stuff yeah. they had on the tables that went around. Um, it was all done subtly and gave a lovely warmth feeling to it, whilst also being slightly edgy. Yeah. Um, different... And it, it felt fresh, and I think that's the thing. It didn't feel, nothing felt, you know. I mean, for me, what was nice is they'd still had some traditional fixings when they brought out the um, the, the lights, the light on the podium, uh, on the on the wheeled podium to to show that they they were in a in the fifties. They'd they'd recreated a light to as part of the re- rehearsal process that was working, um, and that looked good. Uh, I suppose the one do you thing. Mean, um, what do you mean? Like you know, a ca- when the uh, lighting, when, like a whole one of the set thing. Yeah, they when um, when the um, caretaker or whatever brought the light on that was like yeah. for for, re- for rehearsals. It was like an old with the barn doors. Yeah, one the barn like, doors yeah. on it and stuff. Yeah, barn doors in the barn. You know, that's right. Um, I suppose the other thing I'd mention is, I thought the the sound wise, it was really well blended with vocals and the live band and the way when you do a musical there's so many microphones involved and there's so many chances for for things to go wrong and feedback and and mm. all that sort of that, that those those things that can be worrying, can, worrying especially when especially when you've got a lot of dance involved you've got a lot of chance for the their their microphone packs to start falling off or or causing problems so there was none of that they you know they they thought really well on that and and they 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 enhanced the the vocals well but it felt like they were reinforcing the voices rather than than over amplifying everything it felt mm. well it felt it, it felt like you were on they, they were singing on stage rather than at the back of the room you know yeah i'm quite impressed with how two sets of pianos we we used and they were really playing the pianos yes, and the exactly. sound didn't sound like it's coming from the no. pianos as well. No, exactly. I wonder if it was like done through some sort of um th- like they were still playing the notes but it was done where the music were were coming from somewhere else but it was using their notes that they were playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know like some kind yeah. of like mechanical device where yes you 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 press your notes on the thing 
but it sends a signal somewhere else for them to reenact yeah. that on a proper piano out off stage. I mean, you can get electrical pianos that have got the same keys as a, as a grand now that are literally the the size of the keys. Yeah. So they can use those and then transmit the, the sound somewhere else. Yeah. So if they used that, they built a grand piano that looked like one, but actually the only thing that was in there was an electric piano top. Yeah, yeah. It was just that that was actually doing it because they, they are more and more that. convincing. Yeah. Um, and they look real because they've got yeah. the same aesthetics. And I was watching the, the, the woman um, play the actual keys on the grand piano. Yeah, exactly. And I knew for a while that she was hitting the right notes. But also you could tell she was the woman who was playing upstairs in the orchestra because she only came down for those scenes. Yeah, she but didn't actually for, for her to play that. Yeah, exactly. There's no way that could have been done watching no. her fingers no, no, move no, exactly. as well. So she must have hit the right notes. Yeah. So she must have hit the orig- the actual notes. Yeah, to be. Yeah, I've got a feeling she was playing live. At that yeah, point, I do, but you know. it didn't come out of. But then they Where can have wireless been, receivers in, in built inside well, that's it. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's how I think they must have done that. I'm being detective here. Go steady. Right, Hetty Wainthrop. <laughs> Are you investigating? I am. Is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of technical stuff? Don't think so. Let's move it on. Let's do it. And now it's time for Rewind Rewatch. For me, I think I must see the snow, snow, snow one with the whole train because I thought that was a brilliant. I just want to see that again. I just really like how that was done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for me, it's the train scene and it's the tap scene, the ensemble tap scene because I, I, you know, I thought they did that really well. Too much dancing on the piano for me and jumping on and off it. That was giving me your anxiety was going through the roof. I was getting issues. You know what I mean? It's like no. If you're going to jump, make sure you've got... That floor shaking know, too much. Yeah, comfortable shoes so you land properly. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I couldn't do that. Watch that one again. But, yeah, no, I... Definitely the snow one in the train. Good plan. Moving on to our final segment, as we say... Call this a show! Yeah, summary then, Richard. To sum up, White Christmas, before we go on to the scores. A well-put-together production with um, a lot of promise and... A great ensemble cast. Just my few little comments on the costuming, but other than that, a great production. Thoroughly enjoyable. It was quite gripping, very entertaining. Great musical numbers, great choreography, and I did actually enjoy it. I'll be intrigued to see the four of them get cast as more high-known celebrities, I, I think. But other than that, no, I quite liked what I saw and everyone involved did a really, really good job of this one. Scores then, please, Richard, for White Christmas. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being a snow-dazzlingly dreamy Christmas production and 1 being more like dreaming of my last Christmas rather than a white one. What's it going to be? I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Pardon? I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Good diction there. Re. (laughs) I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed? An audible shrug of the shoulders? Uh? A slow clap? 
a pleasant applause or a standing ovation. What will it be? I'm going to give this a pleasant applause. Mm. I'm going to give this a pleasant applause as well. So there we are. That's our discussion of White Christmas. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Stay tuned as we bring you more of our thoughts and opinions on many theatrical delights in future episodes. If you'd like to get in touch, email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. You can always join in the chat to share with us your views of a production. Also, make sure to follow, share, like and subscribe to all our channels so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. On meeting singing sisters Betty and Judy, they are intermediate. <laughs> I, I nearly said intermediately. <laughs> intermediate. Intermediately spitting, not fully spitting. Spitting or spitting? Just halfway through. On meeting. <laughs> halfway through what? Intermediate. On meeting singing sisters Betty and Judy, are you going to stop laughing? On meeting singing. Fuck off. On meeting <coughs> singing sisters, when the four wind up performing a gig to, when the when the four wind up performing a gig together at, Ver, <laughs> at Vermont Remote. Oh my god, too many words. When the four wind up performing a gig together at Remote Vermont Ski, Vermont. At a, at Vermont. A. At, at a, a. Oh, you're missing the A. That's why. But the place is on the verge of bankruptcy thanks to an uneasy. The, but the place is on the verge of bankruptcy thanks to an unseasonal lack of snow. Can the talented foursome transform the lodge? Can the talented foursome transform the lodger's fortunes in time for Christmas? Former soldiers turned successfully showbiz duo Paul and Paul and Bob. Successful showbiz. Ah. So there we are. That's our discussion of White Christmas. We hope you found it insightful. <laughs> what? What is it? <laughs> Did you forget, or was it because of the way I said White Christmas? <laughs> I could have had fun with that. So there we are, that's our discussion of White Christmas in the middle of it. <laughs> white Christmas. No, just me saying the voice, like, really monotone, oh. flat, in the middle of it. Like, like, we've literally not recorded any of it. Scores then, please, Richard, for White Christmas. Sorry, I just burped. Scores then, please. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, just stop copying me. <coughs> Sympathy cough. Scores then, please, Richard, for White Christmas. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being a snow... D oh, no, my phone's gone off. <laughs> Bad signal in the snow. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. That's more like it. Why is that not recording? Then blah 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 blah. blah Can blah. you hear me now? I've took a lot of pain, pain away from me. Go <coughs> <coughs> on then. We're going to say something. What can do? Are we ready to actually record the actual properties? The actual properties of the actual production. <coughs> the actual stuff now. Are we legit? Yeah, but you're quiet. Is that better? That's more like. Is it. that better? 
Is that better or worse? Is that better or with? I mean, better with, with or without? without. <laughs> okay, so I've got a bit. Is of a... that better with or without? Not like doing your eye test, isn't it? Is that better with or without? Is it slide one or slide two? But then I always end up seeing three slides because <laughs> yeah. the bit in between, it's like, that's the one. Oh, you just moved it's it. always about the in-between though, isn't it's it? It's always the in-between one. And, and I'm thinking, yeah. oh, look, just leave it. And then don't get the lasers out because it's going to hurt my eyes. Well, they either bring it forward or push it further away sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> or up and down. <laughs> I'm recording. Well, you said that last time. I am now.